0: This is Ideas Into Action, and I'm your host, Hamza Khan. Our producer is Kwaku Ajimang, a.k.a. Kwaku On Air, a.k.a. The King in the North. The man just happened to return from Ikaluit. Am I saying that right? Ikaluit, Up in Nunavut. Friends, today happens to be the ninth annual Bell Let's Talk Day. Bell Let's Talk, for listeners who don't know, is an initiative created by the Canadian telecommunications company Bell Canada. Shout out to Bell, I just switched over to them after nearly a decade with the other guys. You know them, the red guys. Named after the dude whose name happens to be emblazoned on the side of the building line. To raise awareness and combat stigma surrounding mental health. Mental health is a topic that is very important to me. And so given the coincidence of this recording session's overlap with Bell's Remarkable Movement, it was only right that we spent a bulk of this episode unpacking various mental health issues, our own and those around us. And when I say we, I'm talking about our two illustrious young guests, Keith Diaz and Alex Satok. Keith Diaz works as an insights consultant with CIBC's Live Labs discovery team. Shout out to CIBC, by the way. They're one of Student Life Network's most proud and prolific partners. Over at CIBC, Keith focuses on digital strategy and innovation, working to keep the bank in step with the behaviors and expectations of tomorrow's customers. He's also the host of the Modern Monk podcast, which is co-hosted by one of the OGs of the Toronto podcast game, Toronto Mike. Mike, if you're listening to this, I hope we can get you here Soon, I met Keith back in 2016, I believe, when, as the founder of the Laurier Golden Speakers Club, he invited Bailey Parnell of Skills Camp to speak at one of their events. And as you're about to find out, Keith's story and experience with mental health issues is nothing short of fascinating and inspiring. Keith's friend, Alexander Satok, just got back from Colombia. She is a marketer, a writer, and a mental health advocate. She has worked in sales strategy and marketing roles in notable organizations, including BlackBerry, PepsiCo Canada, and Communitech. Her adventures, have, "'Her adventures have taken her to such places around the world, "'such as Peru, Japan, Thailand, and Vietnam, and more. "'And as it turns out, she served as the VP of Engagement "'at the Golden Speakers Club just a few months before I met Keith. "'I thought I was getting Keith for this podcast alone, "'but man, am I glad that Alex was down for the cause. "'What a great sport. "'What an invaluable contributor to our conversation.' Our talk was special folks. We talked about depression, anxiety, stress, social media, religion, deliberate practice, and so much more. It was a relevant, much needed chat that got me thinking about how to achieve composure in the chaos. Friends, you are in for a treat. Let's do this. Friends, welcome. Welcome to Ideas Into Action. Um, we have this greeting in Arabic. Hal. It means, how is your heart? How is that for a greeting? You know how you hear these greetings all the time? How are you? What's going on? What's up? Can you imagine if somebody hits you with, how's your heart? So let me ask y'all. Alex, khaifal hal?
1: Oh, I'm feeling the love tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Keith,
0: what about you? Hal?
1: Heart,
2: heart is good. Straight pumping. I I just (laughs) want to bring up up someone actually. I don't know if you guys know Brian Melato. Shout out to Brian Melato. Dude, he's the first person who's ever asked me that question. Really? I asked him that question many, many years ago. No. Glad he remembered it. Dude, he went to my high school. (laughs) No way. And he said he, he went to Ryerson, right? He went to Ryerson, yeah. Yeah, and then he was driving me somewhere one time. Asked me that question How is your heart? And I was totally in a space when that really resonated with me. And of course, that's why I remembered it. Here we are tonight.
0: So I'm glad you brought up Brian Mulatto. Brian Mulatto uh, reminds me a lot of myself in that he moved through life when I saw the earlier iterations of Brian Mulatto while he was a student uh, with a level of intensity that reminded me of the way I used to work. And um, the thing about Brian Mulatto is you could never really tell if he was stressed out. He always had his game face on. He was always poker-faced, always in the zone. Mm. Uh, he had one mood, one system, one one way of being, which is interesting because I see that button that you've got on your shirt right now, which says accomplished. And right in, underneath for the listeners, what does that URL say?
2: Notmyselftoday.ca.
0: Notmyselftoday.ca. Imagine if people walked around with buttons that indicated what their mood was, what their state of mental health was. I feel like I would know a lot more about Brian Mulatto in those days. And of would know a lot more about me. What is this initiative? Notmyself.ca. It
2: was, or it is, uh, being facilitated by the Canadian Mental Health Association. Cam-H. CMHA. There's, oh, there's CMHA. CMHA. Oh, CMHA. Sorry. Cam-H. I know, dude. Oh my goodness. I was confused by that as well. all wow. right Just CMHA. And I went to and, and I studied Cam- English,
0: and I totally botched that.
2: <laughs> no. CMHA. It's, uh, it's common. It's a common. Uh, Kind of uh, confusion between those two organizations, yeah. But it's by Canadian Mental Health Association, a hundred one year old organization, by the way. Wow, one year old, and the way they're doing things now, the way they put out their image, totally relevant to our demographic, right? And to it, I'm really I was t- telling them because give you give the listeners some background. I work at a bank, and we had CMHA over today for a mental wellness event, and I was telling them the Ryan Martin. He we can talk about him later on as well. He he rode his bicycle across Canada to promote mental health awareness, and he came to speak to our to our group today. And I was telling him, I'm so glad that. Uh, They're really, they're really cognizant of uh, the times now, you know, they're not naive about, okay, we have this important message to share. Of course, you got to take into consideration who your audience is, right? If you really want that message to stick. So Quick shout out to the Canadian Mental Health Association. Boom.
0: And you just glossed over the bank. You got to name drop the bank, buddy. Should I? Yes, absolutely. Should I? Nothing
2: but illustrious shout outs here. <laughs> the Bank of Mac Gibbs. now no. I'm kidding. Uh, the, the, I work at CIBC. Hey. A... Another old Canadian organization, establishment. Yeah. So the intersection of uh, you know the bank, and then now there's this organization that's really trying to promote mental health, mm-hmm. and being in that room and listening to our senior senior directors uh, speak about this passionately, not just like, okay, I'm here because I was asked. And not just I'm
0: lip here. service, not right, just trying exactly. to fulfill very flimsily a CSR <laughs> objective. Exactly. I'm so happy to hear that, man, and, and shout out to CIBC. They're uh, the most prolific and one of the most proud uh, partners of Student Life Network, and we're so grateful for their support to help millions and millions of students across the country. Um, Really, really cool to see them get involved in that initiative. Alex, from your perspective, you're a mental health advocate Mm -hmm. and you do a lot of work in this space. Mm -hmm. What is your perspective on the relationship between organizations and mental health champions? And and, uh, when I say organizations, I mean corporations working with the nonprofit sector to deliver services. Do you think that that's a a, it's a good partnership that exists over there?
1: Oh, yeah. I think it's integral. I mean, the biggest cost to any business these days is wellness. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest cause of absence, of disengagement, of short-term and long-term disability. So it really makes sense as an investment, never mind like doing the right thing for any business. And I think- Businesses are starting to actually pick up on that now.
0: So the reason I asked that question is because uh, today is obviously Bell Let's Talk Day. Mm -hmm. And I sat by my laptop and I was on my phone thinking, I should weigh in on this. I should say something. It's Bell Let's Talk. And I'm a bit of a skeptic, though. I appreciate the spirit of what they're trying to do. I I love that they're creating this conversation. And was really cool today is to see Rogers actually participate in the Bell Let's Talk (laughs) event as well. That's cool but i wonder why it's called bell let's talk and not just let's talk and you know i know that bell needs to get their brand out there and i as a marketer i always jump to the place of okay so how how sincere is a brand in the participation of this event and i still haven't made up my mind and that's just me being lazy I, I now know in talking about this out loud and hearing your perspective on this, that it's absolutely essential that a brand puts its resources behind an event like this. Because when you're able to now match five cents for every tweet, mm-hmm. that's not something that these associations could have done on their own. That is definitely coming out of Bell's Quaffers.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
0: very interesting mm-hmm. for the for the listeners uh alex give us a little bit of backstory about who you are and how you met uh this gentleman over here and then i'll tell you a story about how i met keith and then i'd love to match up the timelines and get your perspective on the 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 pieces of that story that i'm missing
1: sounds great um i had the honor of meeting keith way back in first year at Wilfred laurier and
0: what's your team's name in laurier
2: our team yeah the mascot the
0: mascot yeah
2: Golden Hawks <laughs> Golden Hawks. There we go. Okay, shout out to the Golden Hawks. It's
1: been a minute. Yeah. Um back in first year, running around, I think we were both super enthusiastic and I found out about peace initiative the golden speakers club and i just loved the idea of it right away i went to the first meeting and the energy in the room with people just getting up and speaking and like doing something and and just feeling that instantly i was like i want to be a part of that and i had the opportunity to help be part of the leadership team for the for the club and our friendship has just like grown throughout the years and um, yeah, I love Keith so much. That's yeah. awesome. I no, love Keith. And you
0: recently got back from Colombia. Mm-hmm. How long were you in Colombia for?
1: Um, I was in Peru and Colombia for about four months. Doing what? Um, doing some soul searching, <laughs> yeah. Damn,
0: right on. I, I, like eat, I, pray, love shit. Bro. Yeah, uh-huh. pretty much. Yeah.
1: I I was back, um, I, I was in Asia, um, mostly Vietnam for a year prior to that. Came back to Canada for like a month or so said hi caught up and then was like I need to keep doing this because I saw such crazy growth within myself after one year I was like this is the best investment I could ever do I'm so fortunate I have the opportunity to keep going for a bit let's do it let's do like the thing that's going to challenge me the most I said I know nothing about South America let's do it and I went can we, unpack,
0: can we unpack the need to soul search a little bit more? I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Why did you feel like you needed to get out there and find your soul, uh, uh, metaphorically speaking, through travel?
1: Um, I felt that I just graduated from a, f- like a four-year business program. An intense program. Yeah, an intense program. And it was amazing, but there's a certain narrative that's being told to you. And you kind of end up believing this one story you know that ends up shaping a lot of your views subconsciously about what I have to do what I have to be what my life has to look like and I had this really strong gut feeling as I was approaching graduation I didn't really know what I was doing and I I had something in me that was like I need to spend some time in a different narrative in a different context where I can see is this really what I want to do or am I doing this because I've been told by all these different people and what I discovered when I went was actually i wanted to do something completely different
0: because <laughs> mm-hmm. there is a blueprint there is a treadmill that we're all on and we were part of it subconsciously and then we gradually become more and more aware of it i felt that way very much in high school and throughout the the middle points of my university career that i was executing somebody else's blueprint And it wasn't until I was broken in many ways through different events in my life, and we might get into that in this podcast, that I started to find my soul. I didn't have the luxury of travel. um, And I kind of wish that I did take a gap year. I wish I did take more pauses through my life to slow down and smell the roses and get different perspectives on what I was going to do. Because I found those, I reached those epiphanies later in life. I'm reaching them now as I'm able to travel and see more of the world and uh, do all of that. So to all the listeners, I mean, the, the importance of travel can't be understated in terms of its ability to help you reset and gain perspective. Oh, yeah. I think about that Mark Twain quote quite a lot, which is, um, the world is a book and those who haven't traveled have only read one page mm-hmm. of a book. Very interesting. Well, welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so
0: much. sorry that you stepped into this freezing <laughs> polar vortex that we're in right now. My goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's We live in a bad. place
0: where the wind hurts our face. How, how sucky is that?
1: i actually forgot how cold canada was like i think i erased it from my memory like that trauma and it came back and it was like shocking how cold it was yeah
0: and you know what i feel like we earn our summers here (laughs) right we put up with the six month intense coldness and then when summer rolls around If I could structure the ideal life, and and we're going to get into some talk about how it is that we structure our days and thinking about goal setting and and reverse engineering what success looks like for us. But I think I'm working towards a combination where I spend my summers in Toronto, summer and fall in Toronto, and then winter somewhere else, maybe LA. Oh, that's a dream. Because this is just horrendous. My goodness. Yeah freezing
2: i i was on a plane to barcelona (laughs) and there was a guy who has his business but he just flies from uh the states to barcelona boom like that exactly as you explained it i I was thinking about that as well man I, i totally i if if you do pursue something like that and then you have offices Man, sign me up, dude! <laughs> sign yeah. me up. One in Canada, and then I get to go with you to California, Barcelona, wherever. I, I would
0: love to do a road trip with you because I remember we had one of the deepest conversations in my car, riding back from Toronto. Mike's podcast. Toronto Mike. Shout out to Toronto Mike. Shout out for real. Toronto Mike, if you're listening to this, we got to get you on. We got to get you on the podcast soon. Yeah, man. But I I loved that conversation because it confirmed what I believed to be true. And uh, for the listeners, I'll give you some context about how it is that I met Keith. So I met you back in 2016. Bailey was doing uh, a keynote, I think, or a keynote or a workshop mm-hmm. at Laurier, and uh, I was part of the entourage. I just tagged along. I was just, I was just enjoying being uh, being a groupie, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's when I met you. We met up at Shoeless Joe's afterwards. We kicked it, and I just remember Bailey gushing about how well organized the event was. She described you as somebody who was energetic, flying high, passionate, intense, very reminiscent of Brian Melato. And I'm like, oh, very interesting. And then when you name dropped Brian mulatto that night, uh, which you did, and I, I thought to myself, oh, of course they know each other. <laughs> like, you know, there's the, like two planets that have an intense gravity that brought themselves within each other's orbit. And that friendship helped me understand the type of person that you were, which was an overachiever. And then there was a long lapse, and we stayed in touch online, and I saw that you were posting stories about yourself, Um, you were telling your story very well, and then things started to subside. The stories became more frequent, they became infrequent, Uh, they became fewer, they became uh, less authentic, and eventually you deleted your Facebook. So I figured something was wrong. And it was confirmed when we did that first episode of the Modern Monk podcast, which is your podcast. And that was one of the most difficult podcasts I ever did because the host didn't show up. You were the host. You were there physically, but mentally you were gone, buddy. You were vacant. You weren't there. And I remember Toronto Mike, I could feel his frustration being like, hey, Keith, ask questions. Keith, what are you doing? You're going off the rails. And so then we got in the car and uh, I remember walking away from that podcast thinking, Something's off because I've seen that look before I I I know what that vacant expression was It was depression I've been there before many times. I was there for most of 2018 and we sat in the car and This is the second act of your story and you confirmed that you were depressed. You were horribly depressed clinically depressed You remember those times
2: yes, I do I do Uh, and uh, Thinking back to that car ride what I could say about that was honestly, you're just nice to have a um, a listening ear, an attentive ear, and that that definitely, uh, you know, around that time, that was still I'm tr- I was still trying to like come out of that darkness. So yeah, you caught me. You caught me while I was going through that. Um, however, it really does um, inspire this conversation we're having right now, right and. I don't know I was reflecting on this recently actually just just today earlier today when Alex was over at my place before we came came here to the studio and I was thinking about you know going through the depression and obviously while I was going through it I was like why am I going through this I don't want to be doing this right now right I'd rather not and okay that was that was my previous state and my current state, I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot better for sure. But obviously the, what is it? The the power of the brain is that like, I think to the future and I'm like, and you know, of course living in our, in our times or in this society for lack of a better uh, label. It's like you naturally plan out your life okay so this is going well now okay will i be able to carry this forward and as part of that forward looking uh perspective. perspective exactly i like will something like that happen again to me right mm-hmm. and i was thinking about it you know what like first off i'm not there yet i'm here now and even if even if i do at least now, now, going back to, you know, coming back to the moment, like I'm here now, what can I do right now, right? I mean, that that stuff has not even happened <laughs> yet. So what can I control is that I can control myself right now, right? Um, cherish you know, this moment for what I, it is. I love
0: that. I was uh, I was in Colorado recently, and uh, I met uh, a mentor of mine. She became a mentor instantly. Her name is Eileen McDar. She was speaking at the same event. And she said, she, she echoed what you said. She said, there's no other time than now. We spend so much time living in the future and living in the past. And it got me thinking while I was there surrounded by the mountains of a mountain climbing analogy, that if you want to climb a mountain, if you look below, you're going to get vertigo. You're going to get dizzy. You're going to think about how far it is that you've come and get overwhelmed and possibly be paralyzed by fear. If you look up, you're going to see how much is left to climb and... You will also get paralyzed by just the overwhelming scale and scope of the task ahead. If you want to scale that mountain, look ahead, one foot, one hand at a time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I like that, and to, to I would like to hear more about your Colorado trip actually, and then you being in the mountains because that is absolutely super cool. She's been in the mountains a lot as well. <laughs> we'll
0: get into that, but let, yeah. let's let's finish first this this three story act over here. So you were you were in a dark dark place, and so Alex you're obviously you've obviously been in touch with Keith throughout this time. Mm-hmm. You obviously lost one of the channels, Facebook, from which you can no longer connect with him. <laughs> yeah. What were you noticing during this period? And I think this was just just late last year. I would say mid mid to late last year. Yeah, yeah, going through Did that. you notice this?
1: Of course. I mean, Keith is one of my good friends, and I think that when a friend is going through something like that, your job isn't to fix them or to judge them. It's just to be there. And like, my love is just unconditional, you know, and I know that Keith has the strength to overcome whatever is in his life. And not only that, but it will make you and has made you into a stronger person. I mean, it's brought you closer to the person you're destined to be and the hardest times in our lives bring and, us closer to our truth.
0: And Alex, I would say that you're the most educated at this table right now when it comes to mental health issues. Um, you know, how how much better would the world be if we all had pins like the one that Keith oh, is yeah. wearing right now that could indicate what oh, it yeah. is that we're going through. The only way that I knew that Keith was going through depression is because I had passed through it myself. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I was totally oblivious to it.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I've experienced depression. I've ex- experienced anxiety. Uh, uh, Perpetual anxiety, I would say. Uh, Anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Um, There's a long history of mental health disorders in my family. Schizophrenia. Um, There's been paranoia. There's been, um, uh, what's the other one? Psychosis has happened as well. And especially in the South Asian community. We misdiagnose it all the time. I would say it's a huge problem in the South Asian community, I would say specifically in the Muslim community as well, where we equate a lot of things that are clear mental health challenges and disorders with weakness. Hmm. And uh, I heard it my entire life. It's like, no, you're not going through anything. You're just weak. Suck it up. Toughen up. Soldier up. Mm -hmm. But the truth was I was hurting, man. And so when I saw it in your eyes, that's when I knew that, hey, that's depression. From your perspective, Alex... Um, give us a little bit more of a nuanced understanding of what the signs are that somebody's going through something like that. Mm
1: -hmm. It's really hard to be perfectly honest because it's not always something that's observable. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes if you're lucky enough, you can look past the exterior and you see the truth in someone's eyes. The eyes are the window to the soul. But, (laughs) you know, it's hard. It's really hard because often when it looks like somebody is actually succeeding and thriving in life high performing that's when they could that person can be suffering more than anyone you know we've seen that with these popular figures like Robin williams kate spade yeah um r.i.p yeah and Uh, people that
0: ordain it was just devastating exactly
1: and these people that for us symbolize happiness success exuberance connection intellect and these are the people that are taking their lives they just want to end the game It's too
0: much light, though. The pressure of life is too much to bear.
1: Exactly, and how could we? How can we see that? That it, it's a really difficult situation like that's a very difficult question to answer. Because you
0: think you know, these people that you named, including Mac Miller, who I'm just thinking about recently, they seem like the most self-actualized people. Mm-hmm. They seem like people who've achieved the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. They've satisfied every single level right up to the top, where they're fully aware of themselves. But I think that that comes with a price. Mm-hmm. I think when you're that aware, when you're that successful, and you have the luxury of time and money. I think a cold realization sets in which is we're not all that special Mm -hmm. and i think if you keep on going down that path and you don't have the adequate support systems and you don't have good rituals and habits and practices the scale of the world can feel very overwhelming. Because like, what is this? This is just a bunch of organisms mm-hmm. on a blue planet, <laughs> size of a grain of sand in the context of the galaxy, floating through the dark, <laughs> coldness of space.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> I don't fucking be here.
1: Yeah. And yet
0: I'm here. and So I have to make meaning while I'm here in order to want to have the drive to continue. otherwise the base instinct is to just survive on a a physical level but Mm -hmm. that's not enough i mean how do you then make meaning in in an overwhelming city like toronto for instance Mm -hmm. so you're in this high performing career you're working at cibc you just graduated from a really intense program but you're masking depression and then it was too much to bear and you told me that you said enough's enough and your dad actually encouraged you to go and check into a clinic where'd you go Cam H. You went to Cam H. How long were you at Cam
2: H for? I was uh, an inpatient there for one week. Damn, brother. Which is actually relatively short compared to how long other people are staying there. Mm -hmm. I mean... If I just talked about my experience in there, that would be a ten-hour podcast or maybe a podcast
0: a series. Oh, for sure, no, no doubt you'll be back. But like for 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 the listeners, for the for the sake of this episode, can you give us a quick overview, as quick as you can? Yeah. Um. Or or take as long as you want.
2: Just to describe uh, my experience. What what what, in... what was the process like? What like? Okay, so I'll tell I'll tell. Okay, sure. I'll tell I'll tell the story of uh, so. Before I even got to seeing um, seeing someone about about uh, the, the depression, I just have to share with the audience that I was in bed for months, and you know this is prior to the prior to, to, to you checking to in checking in. And uh, with regards to this, you know, high performing career or whatnot, like I was fortunate enough to have a condo literally right beside my office, right? Just right across the street. Yeah, man. Two-second walk. And, you know, it, it, ideally, that's that, that works out perfect. Actually, after the whole depression, like I'm just fast-forwarding here, that works out perfectly, right? And that's how it was supposed to be. However, when I first moved in, I had all these worries about OSAP. Am I going to be able to pay off the condo? Oh, shit, this is so expensive. Oh, uh, I'm not really feeling that good at work. You know, why am I feeling this way at work? And so that led me to this, like, spiral down. And then uh, really the, the the worst of it was when I was just in bed and it, I would I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, okay, it should be time to go to work. I was like, no, I don't want to go. And then I stayed in bed, and then I got up maybe eleven a.m. I'm like, okay, of 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 course the work day has already started. People are working. I would look out the window, look across the street, and see my building, and that would just remind me I should be there in there right now, but I'm not. I'm not feeling it. And then I, would, I my response to every single thing, no matter no matter if it was you know having to go to work or my friends texting me, my mom wanting to reach out to me, my my response always was to put my head back on the pillow, not to fall asleep. I, I wanted so, so bad to fall asleep, but I just couldn't. I just had this feeling. And then I, that, you know, totally debilitated me and uh, immobilized me and I'm stuck in bed. I didn't even want to, you know, walk to the washroom. I want to take a shower. So it was there. And then, of course, my parents, uh, being the support that they are, they would come visit me. And there was one day when my dad just said you know come on please f- do it for me do it for me Call- please just see someone and of course i've already been in bed for months and i was like hey you know what sure i'll go with you i didn't even ch- i didn't even change my clothes I you know in my pajamas uh and i went out and then we went to cam h emergency department and after the diagnosis they said yeah you said you have severe depression you've been having suicidal thoughts um we got to keep you here overnight and at that point as it as it always was i was just kind of like okay sure whatever right what can i do and then i ended up staying overnight and then i ended up staying a whole week and to describe my experience in the hospital, I would say it's uh, definitely eye-opening, uh, very humbling. And then right after that, uh, I just went into the I went into the whole road to recovery, right? Road to recovery. You know, I was, I was seeing therapists, and they were telling me all this whatnot. However, if I could summarize my life since then and now which is not a long time really a matter of months if i could summarize that recovery i would have to say it always comes back into myself i want to highlight what alex said earlier when uh, you asked her you know how was it um when she was kind of like noticing that i was going through the depression and she said that and i i, I like i just heard this I don't know, five minutes ago and when she said you know i knew keith is strong that made me feel uh that made me feel ways for sure because <sighs> brother oh, i
0: want to i, I want to come about. over there and just give you the biggest hug <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Respects, bro holy shit they man wow <laughs> Thank you, first of all, for having oh. the, the bravery and, and, and the vulnerability to share that, especially coming from somebody like you because you have an audience, and the audience sees you one way. I imagine, sorry, let, me, let me rephrase that. I imagine there's a lot of people who follow you who see you in a very one-dimensional way. You're a vanguard. You're a champion. You are somebody who made it out of Laurier, who made it out of the respective communities that you came from and has done the most with their time and their abilities. Like You've achieved a level of success that's aspirational. But like Alex said, high-performing depression. And what's even more incredible is that there was no traumatic event that triggered it. It was gradual. It just happened within you. Mm-hmm. And so one of the biggest misconceptions I imagine, Alex, is that people think that depression or mental health issues are triggered by something. They're triggered by a specific mm-hmm. event, like you go through something traumatic, mm-hmm. you go through a fight, you experience assault or something that sets you off. And while that's true, there's also the version of Keith's depression, my depression, which is not brought on by any specific, specific event, It's just an earworm. It's something that just manifests and slowly takes over. Mm -hmm. What you said about being in bed is exactly how I felt. Instead of the bed, it was my couch. Didn't want to do anything other than play video games all day. And at first I thought, okay, you know what? This is just lethargy. It's just, you know, you're recovering from publishing this book. And, you know, you're, you're in the middle of a transition period from your startup into this new company. But it was something deeper than that. It was something way deeper than that. And I didn't know I was depressed until I fully got out of it. I'll tell you, I don't remember most of it. It was bad. So I'm I'm amazed that you have such a vivid recollection of what happened. For me, it was one big blur. I can't even tell you how long I was depressed for because I don't think I was fully there. Ooh, I'm getting chills. I
1: am so amazed and proud of you because this is the first time that I'm hearing this story, and I didn't know that you checked in, and that takes so much bravery. Like, you don't even know how brave you are. That is... That is inspiring. That is so inspiring to people listening, and you're going to help somebody. 100%. Because, you know, that is the thing about it. You feel like when you're going through it, I've also gone through depression. You feel like you are crazy. You feel like, what is wrong with me? I, like, you get in your own head and just, like, another level.
0: Alex, what what can we do as, as, as allies, as friends, as partners, as family members, to help people that we see going through mental health challenges and the people who are suffering in silence what can we do as people who uh want the best for our loved ones how can we help them through these difficult times
1: it's a really good question i like think keith
0: you, had his dad show up and literally yeah. pick him up out of his pjs and say let's uh-huh. go
1: i don't think there's a one size answer fits no, all right i don't think you can fix it for somebody um i think that you can be there for somebody i think half of what makes depression so debilitating is how isolating it feels. Mm -hmm. You just start to live within yourself and you separate yourself from the world because you perceive that you're a burden. And for someone just to look at you and say, hey,
0: uh, sorry to all the listeners, we just experienced a small technical hiccup over there, and we lost a couple of minutes of our conversation. I apologize, but uh, we tried to keep it on track while the difficulty was being resolved by our AV wizard uh, Kwaku Ajemang. Shout out to Kwaku, shout out to Kwaku On Air, a.k.a. the king from the north, king of the north. Uh, just got back from Ikaluit. Ikaluit in Nunavut but sorry uh, to the listeners the conversation has reached a breaking point it's reached a a watershed moment where the World Health Organization has come out swinging and said stress is the health epidemic of the 21st century this is the thing that's gonna kill most people stress Mm -hmm. yet I think we're still moving very slowly and I think that one of the the biggest challenges that we have as Millennials in 2019 and certainly beyond is the tethering that we have to these little things in our pockets (laughs) Our perpetual connection to the world wide web to each other and uh, I think what's happening is we're no longer managing these devices these devices are managing us and they're exacerbating existing underlying mental health challenges I know Bailey talks about this all the time she talks about the dark side of social media she talks about uh, how it's affecting youth and I want to ask you guys what your experiences have been with that Uh, Keith we obviously talked about the fact that you just opted out of Facebook altogether Alex, where is your relationship at right now with social media and mental health?
1: It's funny that you asked that because since coming back from um, Colombia, I've done a personal inventory on a lot of things a in my personal life. personal inventory? Ooh. <laughs> yes, I've had mm. to because, like, the mental health journey, it's ongoing, you know, and it's, it's happening all the time for me. And one of the decisions I've sort of made since coming back is I've gone in Facebook and Instagram off my phone for now not necessarily forever but i need to have a little vacation from that mm-hmm. and digital detox yes i think that's really important because if you go off social media and that feels bad that's telling you that you need it you right. know what i mean if you have if, you, if you're jittery and you're craving it like that's withdrawal like any addiction
0: oh yeah now bailey's research has found conclusively that social media has the same traits as drugs like hard drugs mm. cocaine like mm-hmm. they share a lot of similar similar characteristics it's terrifying i think in our lifetime we're going to see social media rehab I think that a lot of listeners are like, Hamza, what are you talking about? Did you smoke something before this? No, I'm telling you, there's going to be centers that are dedicated to helping people wane off their addiction to social media. It's compulsive. People are just on refreshing their feeds, like how we sometimes open refrigerators in the middle of the night. We open it up. We know that nothing's going to change, but yet we return five minutes later, opening it up again, thinking something's going to be different, and nothing's fucking
2: different. My life. That's
0: Instagram. That's Facebook. That's Twitter. That's Snapchat. It's oh, producing yeah. compulsive behavior and technical addiction. Um, I'm terrified. I, I don't know if and when I have children, how I'm going to be able to raise them in, in a world where the primary socializing agent after parents is the internet, mm-hmm. it's devices. I worry. I worry. I lost my phone the other day and I lost my laptop back to back.
1: <laughs> oh no. I felt
0: fantastic. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I, I actually enjoyed the day where I didn't have my phone. Nice. And then very soon after that, I lost my laptop and I said to myself, oh my goodness, so much of my life is dependent on this device on the desk and this device in my pocket. Whew, where do we even go from there?
2: My goodness. That's nice, dude. Uh, the fact that you even bring it up like that, right? And I, I also want to um, bring up a good point by Bailey. when uh, I really like the point that she made when she says, um, y- you wouldn't blame Samsung, Samsung for <laughs> a bad TV show, mm-hmm. though, right? And what I got from that, obviously, open to uh, personal perception. Mm-hmm. interpretation yeah interpretation what i got from that is self-work really right i mean that's all stuff that i say i choose to but then i guess you kind of were conditioned into it like oh f- having a phone is normal it's a cool thing to do obviously when we're younger okay yeah enjoy that however as it plays out you know in our later years or uh closer to the present times holy crap dude like you realize that we get so caught up in all these externals but again it comes back to self-work right Mm -hmm. so how how you and i we can talk about that some more sure uh but i just want to make it clear to the audience to you guys that a lot of my where i'm coming from is really like especially right now dude i'm doing so much self-work you know and i i see it playing out and then I, i just it's not i'm not saying i don't care about what other people think i don't care about other these things but now i choose of of what i i i I engage in
0: and i'm so excited to get into the the ideas into action Mm. like templated section of the podcast where we ask you specific questions about time energy and attention because i love that i choose to versus i need to or uh, i feel like i have to i choose to is such a such an empowering statement before we get into that i have Two last questions for for Alex over here, because a lot of our listeners are young professionals. They're people who are just starting out. They're about to embark on the paths that will bring them to where the three of us are right now, and I wish them all the success in the world, but I imagine there's a lot of them who are listening to me, listening to the two of you speak about mental health, and it's a brand new concept to them. Uh, I think this might be the first time that people have heard us speaking with such uh, nuance about mental health and talking about the many forms it takes. Why should they at this stage in their life, when there's a lot of composure, not enough chaos yet, <laughs> why should they invest in self-awareness, learning about mental health, learning about themselves? Um, that's the first part of the question. I'll get into the second part later. So why, why should people invest in, in mental health awareness?
1: Well, it's the best investment you could ever make for yourself beyond anything. I mean, we don't question physical health. Like you have a body, whether you want to invest in it or not, it will deteriorate if you don't take care of it. And if you take care, of, like, we don't question that. It's the same with your wellness and your your being and your mind. You have a mind, you have a wellness, you have an emotional state of being. So if you're not On top of it, likely it's on it's on top of you, right? Right, I love that. (laughs) That's how it's gonna go. It's not not on top of it. It's on top of you. Mm -hmm. It's not even a dispute, really. Like that's what what if you don't have that awareness, then it's gonna be running your life. And basically, you have this opportunity now that you don't have to wait to be at the brinks of depression and I want to end my life. You can be proactive. Before it gets there, we're, people like us are giving you that opportunity and saying, hey, this is what happens when you don't take a proactive <laughs> mm-hmm. approach. And when you think, oh, I'm just going to fix this through achieving all these things, then I'll quiet this part of you. That will it will never happen.
0: Totally. And I would count Keith and I among the lucky ones that were able to self-heal to a certain extent. Um, <clears throat> a lot of my healing happened just through sheer tenacity. I wouldn't recommend that approach. I think that there are more effective ways to uh, get official diagnoses and then work through those challenges that don't involve laying in bed for days on end and uh, you know just listening to podcasts, playing video games. I mean, that's one way to go through it. And we could I mean, have a whole other, a whole other podcast about access and mm-hmm. how access um, is sometimes dependent on privilege.
1: Oh, yeah, entirely. Like, That's a really important discussion. Oh, my and goodness.
0: I remember working here at Ryerson and having as part of my benefits package $2,000 a year that I could spend towards counseling, counseling. and mental health. That's
1: incredible. That's unbelievable.
0: And uh, you know, when I started my own company, Splash Effect, we couldn't afford benefits for a little while. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, if somebody here in the company is going through it, there's nothing that I can do as an emplo- mm-hmm. as an empl- as an employer. This is terrifying. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I feel personally responsible for people over here. I'm not sure how to help. but." My second question, second thank you for answering that, Alex, is where and how? So there's a lot of listeners who are listening to this right now thinking, okay, well, I want to start this journey of becoming more aware of mental health and more aware of my mental health and understanding the larger impl- implications um, and consequences of mental health. Where can they start looking? I mean, there's Google. Mm-hmm. You can just type in... Mental Health 101, what is mental mm-hmm. health? But any books, resources, yeah. practices, things that you would recommend as a mental health champion and advocate, <laughs> what would you recommend to
1: listeners? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. Definitely. The cool thing about uh, mental health, and I like to put it in the sphere of wellness, is because it's so far-reaching. So many people have been through this and they've made it their life's purpose. So now we're so lucky because we live in an age where we have access to any resources we, we could ever imagine. And there is... A huge library of incredibly wise people who have shared these resources with us to make this easier for your for your journey, so you don't have to feel as lost in it. Um, for me, like the most powerful investment I've ever taken in myself is like the direct investment, which for me is meditation. Um, there's a center in Toronto um, called the Shambhala Center of Toronto that offers free meditation wow. instruction for anybody right and they give free meditation instruction to over a thousand people every year you can go on tuesday or wednesday evenings at 7 p.m and you can learn from somebody who's volunteering their time because they believe in this so much how do you start meditating and one of the meditation instructors and I'll, i think i'll remember this forever said meditation is the process of becoming friends with yourself
0: Ooh, <laughs> meditation is the process of becoming friends with yourself <laughs>
1: Yeah, which is so good for me how I frame this journey. Mm -hmm. Do you even know what's going on inside of yourself or are you so consumed by what you're doing all the time that you've forgotten about your being? Right. You've forgotten about the basic essence. Right. And if you don't ask that question and you ignore that part of yourself after years and years, it's going to come out and it's going to come out sometimes violent and strong Mm -hmm. because you haven't taken care of that part, that most basic part of yourself. Right.
0: I journal quite a bit, and uh, my recovery from depression correlated very strongly with how uh, regularly I was journaling. Journaling was such a healing process for me. It was about spending a few minutes at the start of the day projecting how I wanted my day to be, telegraphing a little into the future, and then at the end of every day reflecting on how my day went and then articulating what I could have done differently. Um, Everyone has their rituals, so you've got meditation, I've got journaling. Keith, anything that you do to stay in touch with yourself... Meditation,
2: absolutely. Yeah, and you're the modern monk, you have to, meditate. <laughs> yeah, the modern monk. And
0: how do you find composure in the chaos?
2: <sighs> Your phrase, not mine. Breathing helps so much. Uh, pra- the practice of breathing, of course, people are like, Dude, Yeah, breathe, explain, the, explain the I breathe all the time, yeah, yeah, I'm breathing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah
1: try breathing (laughs) the
2: practice of it the deliberate break it down how do you do it so it's it obviously takes a while and the breathing is actually it leads into the into the meditation but for myself it like i i like to tell people in 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 modern in modern monk fashion you can be meditating you know meditation does not have to be this is for myself as well, but I've seen this in other people. It's not just me in my room. Of course, I have those uh, those moments. I, I I get the I get the opportunity to have that that alone time. However, of course, I want to go out and you know chill with my friends. I got I, I want to go to work. I want to you feel productive during the day. Uh, I want to go party. I want to go out for food and whatnot. Even when you're doing all that out there, you know, enjoying the city, doing it for the culture. You could still be meditating in the moment, and uh, I I, I want to point to a this story of it's not really a story, but this realization they were saying that the people who were the happiest by the end of their lives are the ones who spent um, most of it in flow state. Flow mm. state. What does What's that flow mean? State? Yeah. <laughs> it's when you're totally um, in the moment, like you're in the zone, in your element, like doing in your element, like, yeah. right? when I'm speaking right now, I'm not thinking about anything else because I'm in the moment I'm speaking. When you're, uh, I don't know, listening to your favorite song, your, li- your favorite music, when you're playing your favorite music, when you're watching your favorite TV show, when you're just watching the sunset, whatever, you're in the flow, so you're in the moment. And the opposite of that is when I'm in my my thoughts, my mind, right? I'm like, I'm th- worried. I'm thinking about what happened in the mm-hmm, past. anxious. L- literally, these are all invisible, right? I'm not seeing it, but I'm... Imagining in my head when I'm stuck in all that, oh dude, of course, like it's natural for us. I'm not even saying, oh, as soon as you get in, as soon as you start thinking, you're fucked right like it's natural, however, that's why i i I really advocate for the practice, the deliberate practice of breathing and then you're you realize you're here you're not up I'm not up here I'm not you know where I'm not where I think I should be where i'm planning on where i should be i'm not where i was or where i even thought think about like dude this is another topic but memory Like, i, I heard that my memory of an experience with alex is me it's or very likely not exactly as it happened as mm-hmm. it happened it's just how i perceived it now obviously alex has her own perspective of that exact same situation as it happened but she's like gonna remember it a different way so i'm thinking about it and it's making me feel ways right because i'm like oh this person said this to me why did this person say this to me I, dude that's all invisible right that's all up here and when i can come back into the moment I'm not I'm not running away from those thoughts but I am aware that they're there. I'm aware of it, right? And a a big part of this practice, everyone listeners, dudes and dudettes, a big part of this <laughs> is like when I'm here you're just aware of and everything, right? And when you said composure in the chaos, composure in the chaos. And you just know that the chaos is there. I'm not saying com- just composure. You got to you got to you got to acknowledge the chaos, right? So that is how I... That is how I get into you know this, this uh, zen mode. <laughs>
0: Alex, this is, uh, this is the modern monk. We're so, we're so blessed to have this guy in so our blessed, life, man. So we
2: blessed.
1: are the Buddy. modern monk. I
0: I, I'm sorry, Kwaku. I, while he was saying that, I became very aware of my breathing, and I was breathing into the mic. People think I'm probably yeah. as or something, so <laughs> might be a bit of an editing nightmare for those last few minutes. Man. I was breathing really heavily into the mic. This is the perfect segue to go into the performance point component of the podcast. You talked about deliberate practice we're talking about practice we're talking about no deliberate pride. practice, no practice. <laughs> i don't believe that there's any shortcuts there's no magic there's and i've witnessed this firsthand i watched my dad build a life from destitute poverty to the level of wealth that he's been able to achieve there was no handouts there was no grants there was no help other than himself him, my mom, working in tandem, putting in the work, doing the work, designing systems that allowed them to build a life that they dreamed together. Let's talk about how you, the two of you, have structured your time, your energy, and your attention, the practices that you have, the deliberate practices that you have, that have brought you to this precipice of success that you stand on and uh, is obviously a launching pad for much more success into the future. All ready? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, let's start with you, Alex. <laughs> what do the first 60 minutes of your day look like?
1: I think the first sixty minutes are everything. That strong starts, yeah,
0: well wow. begun is half done.
1: Your whole day comes out of the energy of how you start it.
0: How do you start it? How it's does always Alex a projection of that say talk her day? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: For me, once I realized that, that was a big light bulb moment for me, and also since coming back, that has been something that has been one of My priorities, like I've been investing even more into my morning routine. So recently, this is what my 60 minutes looks like. I wake up. And as soon as you wake up, the mind hits. Thoughts are flooding. And you realize that if you just go into your day like that, that is the projection of your whole day. If you do not take a moment to stop, your whole day will be flooding thoughts. 100%. That's how we'll go. Yeah. There's no question That's why I don't check it. my
0: phone first thing in the morning. I wait for hours before I check my phone.
1: Powerful. Yeah. Powerful. That's what I would say also. Don't check your phone. That is a magic moment when you wake up because you get to right. Your destiny. You, like
0: you, you're born again almost. You come out of a near-death state.
1: It's incredible. It's a
0: miracle every day. <laughs>
1: every day. It's a blessing. Take wow. that in. When you're in a state of gratitude, it's impossible actually to be stressed. Yeah. Those two states like physiologically cannot coincide. Mm -hmm. When you start your day in a state of gratitude, be it the most simple, simple thing. Oh my goodness, that changes everything.
0: Wow. Who do you thank when you wake up or what do you think?
1: There's always something different to be thankful for. Um, I've been actually writing in my bed before I even stand up.
0: Same here. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: powerful. Journal on your bed. Same. Set yourself up in the morning. You know what I mean? Like big glass of water, Journal. Let's go, you know, I'm ready to start my day.
0: Love it. That's been a total game changer for me. I'm happy to hear that. It's so
1: powerful. So like the first thing I do is actually I have three things I do and I do them in the order that I think feels most comfortable to me depending on the day. But every morning I do three things. I meditate. And part of my meditation is a vision for the day. What is the highest possibility for myself? See it. Hold it with me. Now I have the opportunity to actually enact that because if you can't imagine it then you can't do it Wow! so for me that is so powerful
0: i can already hear (laughs) because this is probably news to a lot of my 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 close friends who are listening to this all scarborough men's mvp being like yeah you you journal men are journaling (laughs) Yes, I'm yes. a writer now, fam? Eh, <laughs> no, yes, yes, I am journaling. Journaling has been very therapeutic for me, and I'm not going back on it. Oh. Um. Okay, so that's the first five yeah. minutes. So give us, like, the big chunks next. What happens shower, eat, gym, meditate?
1: Honestly, like, first hour, sometimes is, I don't even, I'm not even out of bed yet. I, I'm meditating usually for 20 to 30 minutes. Wow. Um, I'm journaling.
0: You have very slow mornings.
1: Oh, Yeah. But it's an investment. What could be a more, what could be a better investment for half an hour than mm-hmm. to connect to yourself and actually check in yeah. where am I at? And then rechannel my entire day out of that. Half an hour that's nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's people that meditation instructors meditate for an hour and a half in the
0: morning. Do you think it's possible that if you, you're on the TTC and you see somebody who's like very agitated and frantic in the morning, you think it's very likely that their morning mimicked that mind state?
1: That 100%. Like, Get up.
0: You have five minutes to brush your teeth, to comb your hair, to grab something and run out the door and eat while you're There's walking.
1: There's no chance it's not. It's 100%. It's always that.
0: And then that, that, that snowballs throughout the rest of the yeah. day.
1: And now it's 5 p.m., And finally you take a moment and you don't even realize your whole, that all started at 8 a.m. or 6 a.m. in the morning. So the big
0: takeaway here is slow starts to the morning, deliberate starts to the morning. Mm Yeah. Wow, I'm so glad. I feel feel so validated. Thank you, (laughs) thank you. Keith, over to you now. Let me ask you a question about time and then we got energy and attention and then let's bang it out. Right. Are you ever afraid that you're investing time into the wrong activities?
2: Yes, yes, I am. How do you
0: overcome that fear?
2: I come back into the moment, right, mm-hmm. and then I just realize where I'm at, and then I just want to be totally transparent about this. I totally found Jesus again. All right, <laughs> know, I, I grew up, I grew up Catholic, right? Yeah. So of course it's been there. and In terms of meditation, I was saying meditation could be anything. I realized that prayer is a form of meditation. Oh yeah.
0: You know what? Speak on that, because I feel like I feel like we're in a culture right now that that actively tries to shun religion and write you off because you are religious. But when you get into the science of religion and understand, yeah. even if you don't subscribe necessarily to the to the spiritual part of it, but you think really about what it is that you're doing, it's a lot of meditation, reflection, gratitude processes strung together, but it just has a really unpopular mm. moniker. It has really unpopular coding, if you will. So yeah. speak about it, man. I'm, I'm really excited to hear that.
2: So uh, I'm not this is actually the very first time I've actually been able to share this I've, I've kept it to myself uh, since starting it my mom's birthday was on November 25th okay 2018 and we have this thing in our community where uh, we we host people which community the F- it's, Filipino
0: community Christian community
2: yeah Filipino Christian community we call it the couples for Christ that's the whole like community and under couples for Christ good alliteration
0: there couples for Christ
2: <laughs> for Christ right and then under C4C? them we have the youth for Christ yeah. YFC and then they have the Kids for Christ so there's a whole Kids for Christ is KFC KFC (laughs) (laughs) the Uh, real KFC KFC. Kids for Christ Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah so (laughs) uh, we have this we host people uh, and it's for her birthday so we we recite 2,000 Hail Marys right throughout the whole day that takes hours and before, when we were doing this, I would just, you know, be like, oh, God, it's so tiring. I got to go upstairs, obviously. And they, they would, people, would allow, people would allow it, you know, in terms of Scarborough talk. If people would allow it. People <laughs> would allow it in terms of non-Scarborough talk. But, and, but then on that day, November 25th, 2018, I went through the whole, the whole way. 2,000 Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. What I realized was that that totally put me in this like zen mode, right? And it was not, a, before I realized when I was like reciting the rosary or saying a prayer, I would be like, when is this over, right? <laughs> yeah. When is this over? And you realize, think about every everything else in your life where you're asking that as you're going through it, when is this over, when is it over? And that's where, or now, is when the deliberate practice of coming back into the moment through the vehicle of deep breathing for me at least right now is when it is totally applicable right to just supercharge our life and i'm not i'm not on this mic telling people everyone you know find jesus or you know uh, you know, find religion or whatnot i'm here telling people that you gotta you gotta find your meditation right and the
0: underlying practice develop. is is the same i think that there's exactly. no secular manifestation of all the things that we talked about meditation reflection gratitude journaling that doesn't have its roots in an ancient religion mm-hmm. i think they're all derivative of that we've just chosen to say hey we're gonna cast off islam and judaism and christianity and Hinduism and believe in these things that are being sold to us by startups and whatnot, but let's not kid ourselves. Like we've been doing this from time. Like <laughs> from time. Dude. Very good, man. Let's shift to energy right now. How much sleep do you get a night, Keith? I try to aim for
2: seven. Good, man. Somewhere around there.
0: Yeah. None of this five eight none of this five hour, four hour shit, man.
2: Yeah, none of it. I mean, you just know, right? And that, it just, if, if you asked me, several years uh, prior to this, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, man, you know, sleep is for the week." Oh, dude, I got like seventy-two
0: hours straight, man. I was hallucinating by the end.
2: Dude, you okay? You were up for seventy-two hours. Have you have you heard of Tim Ferriss? Tim Ferriss, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he was apparently Tim. he did it. He did it in college. He went to Princeton, I think. Yeah, Princeton. Yeah. And then he was on this uh, no sleeping wave, and he 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 recounted the story of when. He was you know walking outside, and then he was walking, he like woke up again or like while he was walking, he realized he crossed a street, oh my goodness without even like
1: oh, knowing yeah, yeah yeah,
2: without knowing he crossed the street. It's the That's worst. Crazy. It's the worst. It's terrible, man. Dude,
0: you sleep. have to get sleep. I've gotten to. I'm an old man now. I've got gray hair, and luckily these cameras are, you know, a little far away. But if you zoom in, you can see that the gray is coming into the hair and the beard. I'm at a place right now, folks, where if I'm not gonna get seven to eight hours of sleep, I'm actually gonna cancel my meetings and skip whatever I'm doing in the morning to make sure sleep's a non-negotiable. That's now amazing. I have to get seven eight. That's awesome. I'm actually dumber if I get less than seven or eight. The day's a waste. So I do the math. I'm like, hey. I can afford to skip, miss, reschedule this first thing in the morning because if I don't do it, the rest of the day is going to hell in a handbasket. Seven to eight. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. Any any one pro tip that you have for the listeners on how to induce a really good deep sleep other than Zanny's?
2: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you know, you guys when you were asking Alex how she starts her mornings, you you, you mentioned a slow morning. Ooh. A slow evening. I like well. where this is going. Mm. Right? A slow evening. Just to get away from all this and of course disclaimer easier said than done right I don't, yeah. you, you know you get to the nighttime where you're like okay i should be sleeping right now oh uh, i can't sleep though maybe i need to watch a video or whatnot yeah. right and then you got that blue light that's making you feel like oh yeah, yeah. you're in all you're this in the stuff think about that though you are reaching out reaching out of you to like something i need something to put me mm-hmm. to sleep right and if we could just please, um, if we could just have um, open hearts to this message of trust us. Right. It is so worth it to just work on yourself and you kind of just be like, and okay, I've had this before where, you know, I give myself time. I can breathe, breathe. And of course, I'm going to be like, nah, I got to watch a video. I I got to watch a movie, right? But you kind of just, okay, cool. You're cool with it. You accept it. All right. Yeah. Baby steps. It's not like, you know, you listen to this podcast and then right away you're getting like awesome sleep. It's like, you just take it for, for, you know, take it in, um. Uh, there's this secret religion and whatnot right in terms of like the good message or whatnot uh there's just this parable that i want to share with uh, the listeners where he talks about like uh okay the the sower of seeds right he sows uh the seeds on a path uh but then it, it ends up on a path and the birds come eat it okay and then some seeds fall uh on rocks but then they like you know they bounce right off and then when the sun comes out it scorches them they don't grow and then there are seeds that fall amongst thorns and then the thorns come in and it chokes the seeds they don't grow there are seeds however that land on rich soil and those are the ones that grow tenfold sixtyfold a hundredfold right so uh Fuck, what, what was I getting? What was oh, it? man, what was I like? was
0: like, Modern Monk, take us, yeah. take us to the promised land.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The message from that, though, right? Okay, yeah, I was like, open hearts. Bring, um, it, back. Bring it back. When you're listening to this podcast, let's make it worth it, right? Um, which or... Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think my way through like how I should say this. For sure, man, take your time. <sighs> Thanks for the space.
1: The excitement is beyond words. I love it, man. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, I'm feeling pumped, man. Uh-huh. I do 200 hail marys tonight. Yeah, we're fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, dude. Perfect segue into it, right? It's like, which ah don't worry don't worry i'm being totally honest with you you guys i don't even want to force this shit because i don't want to say something (laughs) that's like i'm just saying it for the sake of saying it right it's all good man we're in the no spin zone man sometimes sometimes Ah. no
1: i think i know what you're saying though it's like i get the essence it's it's where's your soil right like what are you what are you watering the fruits in right because some when a plant is underground you don't see the leaf you don't see the tree you're just doing the work and sometimes that's when you're doing the routines and the discipline it's so easy to get off track because you're not seeing the fruits but trust in it because the fruits are going to be tenfold you know mm-hmm. it's going to be beautiful and
0: alex that's actually the perfect segue to the question that i wanted to ask you about energy because we're the three of us are still in a place in our career right now where we're doing the things that we got to do to get to do the things that we want to do mm-hmm. in words of tony twirl so we're still in the grind stage we're still in the hustle stage we haven't achieved the escape velocity yet that'll put us in a place where we're only working on things that we love doing the flow state that you talked about how do you muster the energy to work on tasks that you hate (laughs)
1: because i'm sure there's a lot (laughs) that's a great question i think try to find the blessing in everything try to have gratitude for everything you're doing
0: but what if you absolutely revile the project you're working on can
1: you give me an example
0: okay um so you, you, you taught English. Yeah. And uh, marking isn't a lot of fun. No. You have to mark assignments. Right. How did you muster the energy to sit down and say, I got 30 papers that I got to pour right. through with a red highlighter?
1: Well, think about it. Every, every challenge that you have in front of you is an opportunity. I have this opportunity to be with myself and slow down every two days. Like this is something that I can, I can look at and I can dread. Or I can see that I'm being gifted with this. I actually have, whereas I'm normally running around, being interactive, I have this opportunity to slow down. And sometimes the thing that we resent the most is the biggest gift. And we learn something about ourselves that if that hadn't been handed to us, we would have never learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very
0: good. And so, let me ask. Then, in our last segment of the, of, of the performance point segment, which I just dubbed in this podcast, I guess we're gonna roll with it. We're gonna call the performance <laughs> yeah. point uh, segment. I like it. Uh, let's talk about attention. We'll start with you, and then end off with 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 Keith over here, Alex. How do you stay organized during your busy work schedule? Like, are there any specific tools that you use to keep yourself organized, analog or digital? Hmm. Um, I'm a big calendar and productivity list person myself.
1: I think. Starting the day is really powerful with intentions for your day.
0: So setting an intention of how you want to feel.
1: Yeah. And and what you want to do sometimes as well. And I think in this type of environment, it's all about priorities because there's so much information. There's so many things to do. And our attention is getting dimmer and dimmer because of all the stimulus. So the power is really in the people that can understand how to prioritize the most important things and to get The least distracted that's the winning strategy and how does
0: how does alex (laughs) prioritize that's a really good point i agree with the i agree with the philosophy i want to get into some of the tactics like how do you how do you decide when something is on 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 the table in front of you that you're going to work on it and allocate time and energy towards it
1: i think again beginning your day if there's three things or two things even that i get done today no questions asked what are they yeah and then it it just makes things clear it's like okay so if i just get these things done I've accomplished something.
0: That's interesting. So there's a lot of listeners, I imagine, the younger listeners especially, who are listening to that thinking, Alex only gets two or three things done <laughs> a day. Well, spoiler alert, I get five things done a day. That's it. I know that sounds ridiculous. And you're like, hey, Hamza, how are you able to do all of this and build all this? Yeah, five things at a time. Anything more than that and you're busy, you're not productive. Exactly. You're not actually focusing. You only have a good eight hours per day that you can allocate your best time, energy, and attention mm-hmm. to. So even if you start with two or three, I'm sure those two or three things that you're working on, they're all bangers.
1: right?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Versus just half-assing a whole bunch of things, right?
1: That's what I want. Good
0: for you. Good for you. I'm so happy to hear that. Keith. Man, you've been the soldier boy in this podcast, man. (laughs) There's a battery in your back. You're going off, man. This is is the question to end off the podcast with. How do you process the chatter and criticism of other people? Mm. How do you drown out the haters? What methods do you use to harness their noise and maybe even improve your craft and take that as motivation? Talk to them.
2: I always... I start with a question of how am I feeling about this, right? And then I it gets into the, okay, why am I feeling like that? A lot of the times, if not all the time, I come to the conclusion that my life does not depend on that or the quality of my life even does not depend on that. The quality of my life depends on how I'm feeling right now. Really, that's it, right? And going, you know, just to to shine a light on what we were speaking about earlier in terms of all these things that, what well, this person said this to me, Oh my God, I, sh- you know, I like, I think this girl at work is super cute mm-hmm. so today. Maybe I'm going to go by her desk and say this to her, all future, what not right? now I've kind of, mm, set this dependency on externals, right. To kind of make me happy. To feel like you're enough. To feel like I'm enough. Exactly, right? To kind of just be like, okay, um, people like me. People like me. That that you know, I'm I'm good. Dude, I've been through, I've been through phases when people have. I've had this girl actually actually, actually asked me one time. shout-outs to she might one of uh, she 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 was one of the people I went to France for exchange uh, with, and she asked me. She's like, do you like Keith? Do you do you need people to like you and she asked me that in Morocco on a rooftop right and whoa I was like (laughs) I'm like "Mm, I think I do Generation Instagram we need people to like yeah real shit though right and uh, I I I realized and I still have uh, remnants of that today where I would you know consider how the other person would perceive me if I did this like oh my gosh would this hurt our relationship or whatever that I have, not I have put into the bucket of the chaos, the external chaos, and everything that is happening external. Really, guys, if there is just one message, one message I can impart tonight is that it's really all self-work. Yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. How
2: am I feeling about this? Right. It's not. It's not about how is Alex. Uh, what What does she think about me because I did that? What, dude? That's totally on her. Right, but for yourself, anyways, like, how do I feel about this? Why do I feel? Why do I feel like this? And that's why I believe alone time is super precious. I mean, I live here downtown Toronto, right? And and, you know, after work, I get home. Like, oh, who should I hang out with today? Who should I see? Uh, Maybe I should go out. Then you (laughs) realize.
1: bam right there
2: perfect man you got it i don't have and
0: to say anything else what what a perfect thing to say uh as we lead up to valentine's and there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of single listeners who are probably feeling the pressure
2: <laughs> yeah they, they, they want to sk- frantically swipe right my uh, advice oh to them is, real shit man, Yo, you're chasing what are you chasing right that's wouldn't it. the perfect partner yeah. ha- come to you as your best you that's it i i'm i'm i'm, I'm madly in love right now
0: i'm in, I'm in a great healthy fulfilling relationship didn't happen until I started loving myself. Yeah. Nothing was working. Nothing was sticking because I hated myself. I felt that external pressure. I was living in the chaos when I found my composure, my friends that's when I exuded a different kind of energy and here we are right now. And it now. comes
1: right to you. You don't comes have to right look to you. for it. Exactly. Yeah, Folks, we
0: we banged out a two-hour podcast. Wow, <laughs> this is a, the longest in the history of the podcast. Really? <laughs> Considering it's only been three episodes. <laughs> yeah. Man, this is this is, this is awesome. Jeez. I know that George and Esthauer are listening to this being like, oh damn, I thought we had the longest yeah. podcast. No, the two of you, you brought it, man. This was such a, such a fulfilling, insightful conversation. I wish we could go on and on and on. Unfortunately, we can't with the, the studio time that we have. But for the listeners, Real quick, where can they follow your adventures online? Where can I follow your adventures online? Let's start with you, Alex.
1: Um, I guess you can follow me on Instagram, yes, it's sort of like a, a work in project right now, but um, it's grounded underscore earth,
0: grounded underscore, yeah, okay. shout out to grounded underscore, as
1: cheesy as it sounds, cool. <laughs>
0: <Wow-y>. <laughs> and and where can we find some of your insights about all the things that we talked about? Are there any publications or blogs that you have coming up? about mental health, about the work that you're doing. I mean, we can see your trajectory on LinkedIn, for sure. That's why I learned a lot about you, but.
1: I definitely would say on my Instagram, I share a lot of resources. And just maybe to take this opportunity to plug a resource in. Please, absolutely, as many um, as you can. There's this book called The Work. The (laughs) Work. um, By, well, it's it's more than a book. It's a book, but it's also, uh, it's, it's a something you do. It's a resource by a woman named Byron Katie, and it has changed my life. Wow! It's a process of four questions that you can use whenever you are experiencing suffering in your life. And it just cuts right through to the truth and will give you clarity. Um, it's something that's really helped me, and it's free online. I think it's like thework.com. I, I think that's literally the website. Um, so yeah, free resource, and it's dramatically helped me. I hope it can help somebody else.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Keith, tell us about where we can follow your adventures online.
2: Yeah. So, my official name on of my birth certificate is Keith Diaz. <laughs> However, my Drake name that I have adopted is Drake. Mac Gives. Mac Gives. M- M A C gives G I V E S Mac gives Mac gives, <laughs> and uh, we started this podcast. I've ha- I actually had Hamza Khan on it twice, and then when I was still on SoundCloud before I, uh, I met Toronto Mike, I had Alex Satok uh, on it as well. So it's called Mac Gives the Modern Monk hashtag <laughs> Stress in the Six. <laughs>
1: Yes. You can find us on
2: iTunes, Spotify respect, guys. <laughs> Shout out to Scarborough for raising me And yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Just a website, you can just find out everything on there MacGives.com M-A-C-G-I-V-E-S yeah. Love you bro, thank you so much for this you, man, Thank you honor. so
1: much